Hello and welcome to the Two Peace in a Pod podcast. Your co-hosts on this journey of enlightenment are Alden Martin and Lance Reynolds. We hope you enjoy our show and we ask that you rate us on iTunes, on the Stitcher website, on Facebook, and or on SoundCloud. We hope you enjoy. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back to Two Piece in a Pod. As promised in our very first episode, Alden and I want to start each week with a positive affirmation. This will often, not always, be chosen randomly. This week's affirmation is, I allow others to have their thoughts and feelings. And this affirmation comes from the my daily affirmation cards by cheryl richardson and this was not chosen randomly (laughs) i purposefully sought out this affirmation because it fits our theme and before we jump into this week i would like for us to have a bit of a moment to say hi because alden and i haven't spoken person to person since our last uh recording (laughs) hi how are you doing good how are you fabulous i almost actually asked you how your monday was going it's not monday (laughs) it's thursday but you know yes (laughs) i do have to apologize to anybody listening uh allergies has punched me in the face (laughs) and so i'm congested and uh sound weird in my head I can definitely hear it, and yeah. you, sound, I, you sound like you need a hug. Oh, I feel okay. I mean, I'll always take a hug, don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's totally in, in my head. Ha! <laughs> <Huh. laughs> so, this Unintended. week, for all of you tuning in, we are getting into real topics, and naturally... I decide to go with a rather big topic. And, so unlike. Yeah, I, I know, right? It's just so not my personality. <laughs> <laughs> but our topic this week is loving disagreement, disagreeing while maintaining love. I chose that wording for a very clear reason. I love to disagree with people. It's... <laughs> part of my personality but it's largely how i was educated as a sociologist and now as a therapist not to disagree to cause an issue but as i said last week how alden has an ability to ask me questions and make me reframe same sort of positioning but we live in the times that we live in and disagreement has become war so Mm-hmm. We we thought that having mentioned this last week, this would be a good way to learn how to disagree, but be able to maintain that friendship. Because as Alden and I pointed out, 20-year friendship, we have obviously disagreed. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's been a couple times. Yeah, at least. So... We're going to jump into this big topic because 
Alden and I have the ambition to save the world, and one of our ways is we're going to teach you how to disagree and not hate each other. Um, <laughs> I know, right? So <laughs> I'm tapping into all this counseling, social work, and my current marriage and family therapy training and experience that I have, and we're going to get into this one deep. So I in my promise from last week, made an outline, and I am sticking to it with 18,572 tangents <laughs> scheduled. So be prepared, it's, folks. <laughs> it was actually a little intimidating when I opened up and found this five-page notes of things that you're thinking of saying. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah, this is definitely student-teacher mode. Yeah, welcome to my brain. And that's, that is something I do <laughs> don't want to do this isn't going to be a lecture this has to be a conversation but at the same time if i don't have things in front of me i'm gonna have a hundred things in my head and i'm gonna say like one and we're gonna sit for 55 minutes trying to figure out what to talk about so <laughs> we're not gonna do that <laughs> and this is likely going to be over an hour hopefully not too long i don't want to take up alden's afternoon and this is an important topic, so instead of dividing this, hopefully this can be one episode. Um, but I do want to give a bit of a quick uh, legalese warning that we are not professionals. We do not know your specific cir circumstances, and we are just giving our opinions, not diagnosing or treating anybody here. Please seek professional advice for any actual or suspected mental health, abuse, marriage, family, or interpersonal issues. We are not here for that. We are just here to give our points of view. We are not doctors. No. Not yet, anyways. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, this week, we're, as I almost knock everything on my table off... This week, we're talking about disagreement. What is a disagreement? How do we know we're disagreeing? This is this is the, the ultimate question. Um, for myself, I, like I said, I like to disagree with people, even if I actually agree with them. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason for this. It allows me to explore why they're taking the position they're taking and mm -hmm. I also get to dig a little deeper into why do I so fiercely and strongly stand on this as Alden knows I am highly opinionated <laughs> highly opinionated and I will very often go blue in the face defending these opinions Mm -hmm. And there's a reason. Um, I don't take anything lightly, as Alden discovered opening up my six pages of show <laughs> notes. <laughs> I research everything. I try not to <clears throat> let my emotions guide everything for me. Um, I'm trying to get a little better at being heart-centered, but we'll talk about that at a later time. <laughs> So for me, I often am the the starter of disagreements, but 
there is also a really easy way to tell because disagreement and disrespect are not the same thing. Uh-uh. And this is the key, and I think this is the biggest takeaway from this entire conversation. All six pages of notes could have been boiled down to disagreeing and disrespecting each other are not the same. Not in the least. So disagreement actually has a dictionary definition, and there's a few different pieces to it. The first is failure to agree. That's Obviously pretty obvious (laughs) uh it's also defined as a difference of opinion this is the basis of two piece in a pod we have differences of opinion and that's a good thing because this gives us um different ways to view things i don't always view things with emotion i have a tendency to be in my head as my six pages of notes show (laughs) Uh, so difference of opinion is a good thing failure to agree isn't a bad thing in and of itself the final definition of a disagreement is an argument caused by people having different opinions about something wow could that be any more obvious (laughs) you would think (laughs) so these are big i I mean this is these are obvious if you don't agree you're you're disagreeing i mean (laughs) there's no other way to view this if you have a difference of opinion you're disagreeing i don't necessarily think a disagreement has to be i don't want to say anger filled but emotional Mm mm-hmm We've disagreed and laughed about it many times. We've disagreed and sat there and stared at each other like, I don't know how we got to this point. (laughs) I've been married for 12 years and with Kenny for 18. And let me tell you, we've had many disagreements (laughs) over the years. (laughs) And we we are both kind of in the, the same academic mindset a lot of the times we just view things differently so Mm -hmm. disagreement isn't a bad thing disrespect is a bad thing disrespect is taking that disagreement and making it personal by going from a difference of opinion to believing you are superior than the person Mm -hmm. you're disagreeing with because of your point of view Mm mm-hmm Which I think that in itself is what's wrong with 90% of the world. Like why 90, (laughs) why we have so many issues. Right. It's not, it's not the disagreement, it's the disrespect. Absolutely. And, and this is, I think where, where the education needs to come in is that we can disagree. We have to disagree. And if we didn't disagree, this would be a really boring world and nothing would actually be created or accomplished. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't have to come with this disrespect. And part of that disrespect often arises because people like myself who are very passionate (laughs) and very... I research everything. Like if something is happening in the country, in my town, in my family, 
I have researched it to death. I've probably read hundreds of pages of whatever. It's just how I function. So I don't take a lot of things lightly. I I science the heck out of everything. <laughs> <laughs> but with these disagreements, a lot of emotion comes up. And it's it's a natural process. Like I said, we've laughed in the process of disagreeing. We have sat there and kind of looked at each other funny. It's it's normal. But it's a complete myth that the healthiest arguments are calm and contained. That's such an unrealistic expectation, especially if you have intimate relationships with the, the person you're disagreeing with. Friend, family, significant other those are intimate relationships somebody online not intimate it's <laughs> total different world these intimate relationships mean that you will very often be personally feel personally attacked even if that's not actually the case because you hold something so close and you hold that relationship so close and especially with the people that you're close to sometimes for me at least it shocks me that they don't see the way that I see things because we are so close because we have that kind of connection and then all of a sudden they're coming off left field and are usually very passionate about their stance whoever they may be and it shocks me that oh my oh my goodness how can you see that how how do you how does that even become a view of yours um not not you specifically but in a lot of cases with other family members that I've had, especially recently, like how, how do we disagree so strongly on this? Right. And it's sometimes I've had moments with my parents. I mean, literally my parents helped shape the person that I've become <laughs> and we have a disagreement. I'm like, wait, you taught me this. <laughs> Where is this coming from? You're the one that raised me to be like this. How is this mm-hmm. happening right now? My mom and I are, super close but that closeness if we disagree it's like world war (laughs) three because we are so close and because i do i hold people that i am very close to to a very high standard you know this 20 years i i take a lot of my friends as family oh jumping ahead don't want to do that so (laughs) Disagreements are also not always simple. Even simplistic disagreements have multiple layers to them. I have a hard time, and this is my example, and I'm sure Alden has one. I have a hard time when friends and family vote or get politically active in a way that puts myself, my marriage, or even my health care in danger. I don't take it lightly. And I am very personally offended. And it's not because I believe my view on it is superior, but it's because these things have a direct and scary impact on me. So this past election cycle was a whirlwind of emotion. And though I maintained a lot of friendships and closeness with family members, there were some where they just couldn't understand why I was so upset. And even now, as things are occurring, they're like, well, I mean, 
that's just being a one-issue voter. That right. not being a one-issue voter, this directly impacts me. Right. So I, when I disagree with people, I get very emotional when it's these sort of layered things. And I have a tendency to be like, I'm not going to do this. We're, we're just going to cut this off. We aren't going to be Facebook friends. We will interact every <laughs> other way but on social media. Because if we interact on social media, I'm just going to constantly think about what you've done to me. Mm-hmm. That's not fair to them in right. any way, shape, or form. It's my own personal baggage that I'm carrying into this. And I'm sure in the past 20 years, at some point, I have probably done or reacted the same way with you. <laughs> um, maybe. Not to the point that I have disowned you from social media, obviously. <laughs> um, I, I did want to... Uh, kind of piggyback on on what you were saying about this past election. Um, And because I am a girl from the South and because I am white, there was a lot of assumption about which way my vote was going to swing. And it was when that assumption made by people that were incredibly wrong. (laughs) Um, Not only did did it shock me that they were in disagreement with me, but it it kind of offended me that they just assume that I would blindly follow this direction. Um, But I believe in this election specifically, people got completely disrespectful. Absolutely. And it, it, like you were saying, went or caused me to, on social media, I don't know that I technically unfriended or blocked or whatever, but, I made sure that whatever they were putting out there, when it contained hate, I would not see it because that would totally shift my opinion of them as a person. And there was so much hate-filled propaganda on both sides. Absolutely. um, That I had to stop following at least maybe 15 people that I hold near and dear to my heart. And I I have to own my own uh, involvement in this because this election was high stakes on both sides. Everybody felt threatened by this election. I actually had a friend, and I'm glad you brought this up, and I do not mean to cut into your conversation, but this is something I hadn't thought of. Mm -hmm. A very good friend of mine in New Mexico, we were at um, our friend slash neighbor slash we kind of lived on the same property. We were in their house and mutual friends were over and we got talking about the elections and I, this was before any candidate was actually chosen at that point from either side and we were talking about the whole Bernie Hillary issue which as we saw and still see politics brings out the worst in humanity (laughs) Amen 
And this is why Alden and I have consciously chosen other than when it's relevant like this, because <laughs> this is literally what's going on in our world. And this is the source of disagreement. This disrespect came up and actually slapped me in the face. We were completely disagreeing and I thought it was funny. And then he called me a petulant child and a few other like very not characteristic of him moments wow. occurred. And I don't handle being called names. <laughs> like, no. Jokingly, absolutely. We can sure. joke. But when it comes out and it's angry, mm -hmm. I'm done. And I yeah. will absolutely shut it down and leave. And that's what happened. And mm -hmm. he left in anger and then kind of things sunk in because everybody that was present was like, you handled this like a child and then called the person that you were talking to a child mm -hmm. who was just rationally saying, I have doubts, I have concerns, I have issues. Mm -hmm. And it kind of hit him that what he did was not his character. It was a pure emotion-driven thing. And our funny disagreement became completely and utterly disrespectful. It was the hardest moment for me not to turn around and return that disrespect because it was such an emotional moment. I, there's... Okay, so I'm a Drag Race fan. And oh, yeah? On RuPaul's Drag Race, one of the... Oh. <laughs> I know where you Sorry, are in the that. South. You are it, so it, yeah. Southern. <laughs> I was about to be completely surprised. <laughs> I love RuPaul. <laughs> so on RuPaul's Drag Race, there are these great moments that kind of get immortalized. And one of them is, I feel so attacked right now. And that was, I had that moment where the fire inside of me was raging and I was so angry and so upset and so hurt. And it was all driven by this hurt that my friend could turn around and do this in the middle of something that was completely not an issue. Right. So we, we are in we've been in for uh, for the past year that's just crazy to think about for the past year we have literally been in this sort of disrespectful disagreement mode and it's it's toxic it's it's painful it drove us to make a podcast <laughs> like, like there can't be any more of a a deep reaction than we have to do something to fix this. Right, right. We have to show people that love is good. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the other half of this this disagreement podcast is you can do this with love. But what is love? We have love between family, love between friends, and love between our significant others. These are not all fully separate. They kind of blend. Mm -hmm. And there is that deep issue of maintaining that love when you disagree. Even if it's respectful disagreement, holding that love 
is hard. And I know you actually made some really good points in your notes about this. So please go ahead. Well, first, uh, in some cases, being in, being loving and in the middle of a disagreement, especially when emotions are running high, is extremely tough, whether it's family love, friend love, or significant others. Um, and then once you feel disrespected, for me, um, it's really hard not to turn around and be, disrespect- be disrespectful. Right. Um, Oh, I actually was in a, I, I mean, it was an argument with one of my family members a couple of weeks ago, and the disrespect became so blatant and so intolerable that I I gave it right back to her. Now, afterwards, I didn't feel like my shiny, happy person. I felt, you know, I, I went down to her level. Right. Um... But it was because of this disrespect, and I'm not innocent, but it has hurt our relationship. And I don't know that it's salvageable, especially at this point. Right. And so, it's, it's not uncommon. This, right. This disrespect, when it gets so deep, it will, it's, it derails a relationship. Right. And this is... And it's so sad when it's somebody that right. you do love openly and they mean something in your life and then all of a sudden you distance yourself in the blink of an eye because of something that was said disrespectfully right and this is this is something that you you actually you asked the perfect question in your notes is how do we focus on the issue instead so that we don't go into this permanent hurtful sort of mm. attitude or behavior right. and it's this is this is one of those so again for everyone that's still trying to figure out who we are i am in school for marriage and family therapy and i've just started my courses but i have experience working in the field and working from a counseling aspect, a social work aspect, and a in-home therapy sort of aspect. And one of the biggest issues that always comes up is how do we, especially in these intimate relationships, family, friends, friends that you view as family, your (laughs) significant others, how do you take these moments and make sure you stay focused on the real issue rather mm. than that turning it into a straw man argument and attacking the person instead of focusing on the issue. Right. When you, so this is a moment of meditation for me because I immediately, when I am having a hard time defending my point of view, mm. I become a. A wild animal is the best <laughs> way to put this. And rather than focusing on, okay, I have no idea where I am. I don't know how to defend this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am tapping out. I would more readily turn to, 
well, your hair looks stupid today. <laughs> and <laughs> half the time, I shock myself with the personal attack because 90% of the time it has nothing to do with what we're arguing about. It is a way to deflect that Mm -hmm. there is not always a clear cut winner in these disagreements. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're both equally right. Sometimes you're both equally wrong, but you always in the heat of these disagreements, especially when it starts veering off, you automatically feel like you're losing and you need to defend it. It is my downfall. (laughs) It is something I have consciously had to work on with a therapist of my own. And it's a matter of learning to stay present and being mindful of your own emotion. When your emotion sours, that's that moment that you have to remember, I love this person. Mm-hmm. I don't care that we disagree. I may not even be right. You will never, almost never, be able to say that out loud. <laughs> and you don't have to. You have to say it to yourself. I might be wrong in this situation. I might not be fully right in this situation. That doesn't open up the door for me to attack them personally because I'm not, quote-unquote, winning. All right. If we lose that mindfulness and that's where these issues start to go wrong and that's where your example's perfect. It's the perfect example of this and the same with my friend. When we lose ourselves to that emotion, it's often because of a few reasons. We feel attacked, personally attacked, and that's understandable because like we said, when we are in these intimate relationships and all of a sudden this person totally shocks us with uh-huh. what they've revealed we respond it's it's a it's a rational reaction that where did this come from how did i not know this about you where uh-huh. have i been for the past 39 years of my life that i didn't know <laughs> you were thinking this way right especially when it's something that you you're okay so for everybody listening Alden and I bond on very specific things, and one of them is a love for our fellow human beings. <laughs> we both will do everything we can, and we are both so emotionally hurt when issues of race become what they are right now. Alden mm-hmm. and I practically sit in tears and talk about these things because this it's very personal for Alden and it's a very personal issue for me two totally different reasons mind you <laughs> but we come together on this and it's through those moments when you can stop and you're in the middle of a disagreement and you can remember that moment that connection that thing that binds you that makes you so much alike when you can Mm -hmm. grab onto those things and say i'm not doing this i'm Mm -hmm. not going to sit here i'm not gonna let this escalate it's bad enough and we actually will get into this a little more 
But this leads into very perfectly. You did so well with that. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good point. And uh, folks, literally, it was a two-sentence note that she made that I was like, she's made the entire point, and it segues perfectly <laughs> into what I wanted to go into, which is the how do disagreements impact relationships. It's not all bad. If you can keep it respectful, it is not all bad. Research, ha, huh, shocking, right, folks? <laughs> research has research geez has shown that the existence of disagreement is not always a bad thing i love playing devil's advocate especially Please when do. it's somebody that i feel safe with <laughs> no i'm just saying in general like um because that helps me discover like you said before discover a little bit more about them right discover where they're coming from and why they think how they think so I might completely agree with somebody, but I will play devil's advocate just to get inside their brain a little bit. And I do the same thing. And I often, like I said before, I do it because I think I'm so set on something. And then somebody brings up a point and I'm like, hmm, maybe I'm not 100% on this one. Let's <laughs> let's explore this. <laughs> and disagreement... You know that's a rare thing, by the way? What? Uh, to openly admit that you might not be 100% correct on something. Oh, At least I've found. Yeah. On certain points, people are going to stand by them, their reasoning, whether it's logical or not. In Even when it's literally burst into flames <laughs> and burning down right next to them, they will stand in front of it and tell you, those aren't flames. <laughs> that is not my point, Bursting and falling apart. I have no idea what you're talking about. Fake news. <laughs> oh. <laughs> mm -hmm. I had to fit it in. I had to. <laughs> so, before I dig myself in, into a much deeper grave and can't recover, um, disagreement actually allows us to express feelings and to be able to explore solutions to issues. Um, I have lived this one out in my work with families. One of the, the greatest things is when parents, and you are a parent, so I'm sure you completely understand and agree and identify, when your kid purposefully <laughs> and willfully chooses to disagree with you on the most mundane things possible. <laughs> I've had families nearly collapse because the parents have raised no children. All of a sudden they have a kid and this kid disagrees with everything. I don't like the way they want me to dress. I don't like the food they want me to eat. I disagree with how they are parenting me for a kid. What do you know about parenting? Right. And it's... It's fun when I get to sit down with the whole family and say, let's look at the point the kid's making. The parents are mortified. <laughs> and like, in this disagreement, there is a solution because this disagreement may or may not be valid. So if we explore this disagreement, we're either going to uncover that they are just rebelling against you. I did it. You did it. 
we've all done it. Our poor parents, no matter how good of a kid we generally were, at some point we willfully disagreed with them just to disagree. Just to disagree. <laughs> and I still do it. I'm 39 <laughs> years old and I will absolutely disagree with my mother just to get a rise out of her. And she still hasn't figured it out 39 years later. <laughs> oh, bless your mom's heart. Poor mother. And I Well, I like that you give the kid a voice. Like, obviously, at least when I rebelled or, you know, would go off on my own, it was because I didn't feel like I had my own voice. Like, I was right. being able to be heard. And so that, I like that you shock the parents by being like, listen to what they're saying and you'll figure out why. Right. And that's a key to most disagreements and often especially in close relationships a disagreement will arise not just for the sake of disagreement again I am awful about doing that but (laughs) because somebody doesn't feel heard in this situation in a decision whether it's been made or is being made or is sitting directly in front of them. Kenny and I are experts at making sure each of us are heard because 18 years and multiple cities and states that we've lived in, we have always made decisions together to where to go, when it's time to go, and we both just admitted to each other very recently we agreed we needed to get out of new mexico we agreed coming to virginia would be a really interesting experience (laughs) boy was that not the right idea but we are agreeing to go back and though we don't always agree on timing i more often than not uh, i'm impatient folks it's it's one of my character flaws that I am still working on. I'm so impatient. When something gets in my head, I'm like, okay, let's go. And if I could have packed my house the day that Kenny and I agreed to move to New Mexico, I probably would have. <laughs> but the more rational Kenny is like, so we should probably pay off some bills and make sure that we're financially stable before we move across the country. Makes sense. Like, oh, how dare you be rational? What are you doing? Oh. <laughs> but, but it's we're it took years to get to that point that we don't make a decision without checking in multiple times are you sure and it drives me nuts Kenny is an expert at making sure that I'm being heard and for whatever reason actually I know what the reason is I get so annoyed when he asks are you sure are you really sure this is what you want? I'm like, oh, how many more ways can I put it? Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. Very sure. Unbelievably sure. I just told you yesterday. Still sure today. Promise. <laughs> Nothing has changed. And it's it's in those those moments of repetition. I do not do well with repeating myself. That, what? <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> It's those moments that I also am reminded that he's making sure that I have a voice. I have a say that when we do actually move, that I'm not miserable because I did it just to make him happy. Mm-hmm. He's It's his 
specialty of making sure that we're both heard because I'm so often stuck with tasks that I forget that there are people and emotions involved in some of these situations that I could very easily walk right over something and forget to make sure Kenny's being heard because I'm so task driven and it's not a good thing. It is not a good thing at all. So Well, I'm kind of the opposite. I'm very emotion driven. Right. So when I do bring up something to somebody that I know is not going to uh, have a instant good outcome, I usually sit on it and sit on it and sit on it because right. I want to make sure that when I do bring it up, that I have figured out everything I want to say before I'm not able to say it. Right. And and that aspect is not good because sometimes I sit on it too long and then everything comes out of me before I have planned it to come out. Absolutely. <laughs> and sometimes in tearful outbursts. Yep. Because I am 85% emotion. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. I just have a tendency to, when there's something going on, I immediately go to my brain and I'm like, so what do I need to do to get to from point a to point b whatever it is it can be the most unbelievably normal thing but the second i know i have to do something i'm like okay let's plan this out i have six pages of notes like that could not be any better of an example of this (laughs) and i will forget that there are people involved and it's it's something that i personally am working on there's balance and I truly believe this is why you and I are friends because we we bring that balance. And I also believe this is why Kenny and I have made it 18 years is we are different but similar mm-hmm. on the points that needed and we offer balance. Because without balance, I'd probably just be a walking checklist. <laughs> well, and like I put in my notes, like I really do believe that conflict can either strengthen or weaken a relationship. Absolutely. Um, With everything, you either grow together or you grow apart. And it's amazing to watch your and Kenny's relationship over these past 18 years, even though um, I haven't had, you know, front row seat. Right. It's, it's beautiful to see that you guys are still happy and in love and together and, and that you make, these big decisions and talk about stuff because I know I know couples that can't make it two years right and that is a tragedy but it's because they never learned how to disagree with either out be without being disrespectful or without hearing the other person absolutely in the first few years of a marriage it's no joke when people say the first couple of years are the deciding factor because even if you lived together before, something gets triggered when you get married and it's all very real and very there and you step back and you're like, holy crap, I just <laughs> fully committed to this. And I mean, Kenny and I had our dumb moments the first couple of years we lived together and we lived together quickly because I we had some issues arise and Kenny was going to be forced out of where he was living it's just a really bad situation, so we ended up living together far sooner than 
either of us were actually comfortable with, but the alternative was much worse. So we're like, YOLO, we're going to try this. Did you really just say YOLO? Completely. And I've never actually said it in context before. So I embarrassed myself nationally, but it worked. (laughs) Internationally, we have people in UK. This is true. This is so true. I forget about that. Sorry, dear friends from the United Kingdom that are actually listeners. I can't believe I forgot about you. Yeah, they have to be your people. I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> these disagreements, if they're dealt with in a positive way, can strengthen a relationship. Kenny and I are perfect examples of this. And it can increase in marriage and family therapy speak cohesion and solidarity between the people when a disagreement is used to find a solution you have just strengthened your bond to each other you have bridged a gap you have i could go on forever with metaphors (laughs) it's It is so important when these moments arise, when a disagreement is dealt with in a positive way, friends, family, significant other, you have just made it over a grand canyon of issues, even if it seemed stupid. Um, Kenny and I never agree on where to eat because neither of us can make a decision to save our (laughs) lives. And then we make a decision, and the other one's like, eh, well, on anything but that. <laughs> and 18 years later, we'll end up arguing about it, and then we're like, this is ridiculous. Let's just go here. I'm like, why couldn't we have done that to start? But it's because you build patterns in your relationships. And when you can find a way to fix that pattern, so now we pre plan when we're going to go out if we know we're eating out kenny and i are like what are we going to do for dinner because we don't decide now we're gonna have all sorts of problems and then we're gonna be mad at each other the rest of the night and this whole trip's gonna be destroyed so eating is a serious issue eating is a very serious issue hey i'm saying that wholeheartedly (laughs) very seriously and when you eat so i hate fish Y'all are probably going to hear about this multiple times. I will fit this into conversations. I hate eating fish. I hate eating meat in general, but fish is, I don't like it. I will eat it if I have to. I'm getting to the point where I'm going to go vegan again because I'm just tired of eating things that I just don't like. Kenny loves fish. Oh, It's awful. I will make tuna for him, and then he's like, for a week, that's what he wants for lunch. And I'm like, ugh, you're killing me. <laughs> Absolutely killing me. But moving on, I will, I will digress. Also in marriage and family therapy, we're taught that if a disagreement arises between uh, the parents of a child, it will directly have an impact on that child's social development and that impact can be positive or negative depending on how this conflict is handled i said conflict because i wrote conflict in my notes depending on how this disagreement is handled so if you are the parent of a child and a disagreement arises know that the way you and 
the other parent handle a disagreement will absolutely positively or negatively impact how your child develops socially. And that can be as simple as they see how you respond to disagreement and they're like, oh, okay, so I should yell when I disagree with somebody. Or, okay, mom backed off walked away, calmed down, and came back. It's so subtle sometimes, and often I realize the way I react to things is a combination of my mother and my father. And it's really funny because as they've aged, they have flipped their script. My father is the more calm, even-kiltered one. My mom is the hothead. Never was the case. <laughs> they always... It was always opposite for them when I was growing up. So I see these responses and as I'm learning about assessing what's called a system, so your family is a system and your your house, my, for me, Kenny and myself are a system and then I've got my bigger system of my family, how mm. that family responds to these disagreements completely affects your kid. And it's, I see it now in myself and I'm like, huh, so they're right. <laughs> These marriage and family therapists have something here. <laughs> nature versus nature. Right? <laughs> right. And I've watched friends who have gone through divorce or friends that had kids and just decided to go separate ways. And then I see their their kid a few years later reacting to something and the parent gets all upset. And I'm like, ha, they're just mirroring back several situations that I can recall. I'm sure many more that I wasn't there for. You're just seeing how you reacted and you don't like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's amazing that kids, yeah, they are the biggest mirror. Yes. I know with Mia. Um, and and I try to, because of the way that my parents handled conflict, right. I try to instill differences in Mia. <laughs> Um, which, you know, I'm not always successful with, but I do try to keep a calm demeanor. I do try to explain myself why I take the stand or why she has to do this or why, you know, I'm disappointed in this. Right. Um, and then if I think she's understanding the concept, then she usually, you know, does what I've told her to or whatever. If I don't see that light bulb turned on, then I get personally frustrated. I'm like, um, did you not just hear me? <laughs> um, <laughs> what else can I say to make you understand? <laughs> so, yeah. And, and that's that's a very lived reality. And I'm sure any parent listening is probably nodding and going, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I I've seen it. And my favorite part of working with families is I go in and immediately a parent's like, make my kid understand. I can't do that. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not why I'm here. What I'm here to do is intervene in what this disagreement is or what this dysfunction is. I'm here to help you repair these issues, to build that bridge. I, my goal is to break patterns of destructive behavior, of destructive responses, when I see friends who like to disagree and it starts to veer in that direction, and we actually will talk about this in a minute, relationships fall apart. There is 
always, 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 always a cause. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, you have settled into a pattern. You have let that pattern become so ingrained that you can't, you don't know how to get out of it. Often, you can't get out of it. It's, mm-hmm. It is such a natural response to things that in order to break that pattern, you literally have to end that relationship. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be an abusive sort of situation. It can be whenever, so we just, in one of my classes, we had to give examples of this very idea. We, so say Alden and I are married, and our way of arguing, or disagreeing even, is to immediately escalate into screaming at each other and slamming doors and continuing to scream at each other from behind closed doors. (laughs) Sounds healthy. Nobody's being heard. Nobody's getting a point across. All we're doing is setting a pattern of destructive behavior. If you allow that behavior to become permanent, to become your actual pattern for disagreeing, Mm -hmm. your relationship isn't going to hold up. Nobody can survive that. It's not healthy. And it's that's one of the things that I find really funny is people come to therapists and are like, fix this. I might not be able to fix it. The best solution might be to tell you to try some tactics to break that pattern. But mm-hmm. if that pattern is so ingrained, and it could be for any reason, you may have grown up in a family where that's your response to disagreement. It may be that you two don't agree on things, and this issue is far deeper than just those disagreements morally you might not line up i have friends who are very conservative and are still able to be married to or very good friends with complete lefty nutcases like myself (laughs) there's a couple that i know of that is that exact thing but they morally line up on a lot of things they mm-hmm. don't politically always agree, mm-hmm. but morally, the base for their morals is <clears throat> nearly identical. How I'm losing my voice is beyond me. That's contagious. <laughs> <laughs> Allergies are contagious. Great. <laughs> Through the phone, even. <laughs> right? <laughs> so all of this is to say, <clears throat> when you see these patterns, or if you notice a pattern developing, break it break that pattern um research there's my favorite word and personal experience tells us that disagreements can impact how much pleasure comes out of a relationship totally just discuss this on accident but if alden and i disagreed and constantly disagreed in a horrible way and Mm -hmm. couldn't get along with with whatever differing opinions we had 20 years would not have happened sure we would not have derived any pleasure from being friends <laughs> unless we liked to torture ourselves or the other person totally a possibility but you're you're placing stress on that relationship it's it's going to directly impact how you view that relationship 
um, the more frequent or negatively you handle a disagreement, or actually the more frequently you negatively handle huh, a disagreement, the less pleasure and more strain you're placing on it, on that relationship. It's it's not just my thinking. This is stop and think about moments of maybe even stupid high school relationships. Why did they fall apart? More often than not, there was a stupid argument. It continued. It always went in a negative direction. And finally, I hate you. I don't want to be with you anymore. There it is. Mm-hmm. And as adults, we do the same thing. It just involves a court process, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more money. <laughs> <clears throat> so there are types of disagreements. There's constructive and destructive disagreements. These are types of, in the marriage and family therapy world, conflict, and they have different impacts on our relationships with each other. Constructive disagreements tend to be cooperative. So like Alden and I are great examples of cooperative, pro-social, and relationship-preserving disagreements. We are able to do this. It's probably been one of the big motivating factors because we like to learn from each other. Mm -hmm. And it's taking these disagreements and we turn them into constructive things. They aren't just bridge building for us. They're educating each of us. And we, we purposefully and willfully align ourselves with that constructive sort of behavior. Destructive disagreement is where we begin to get these negative impacts. It's competitive by nature, it's antisocial, it's relationship damaging, and these destructive behaviors are always just slathered in negativity, disagreeable attitudes, and it can even start to border on hostility. Mm-hmm. And that is really concerning, and this is something that I want to make clear. If at all you are in any friendship, um, you have a significant other, and things repeatedly get hostile, know that emotional abuse is still abuse. This okay. is something that I, as a person, this isn't even professional. This is my, I want people to start to be aware. If you're in a relationship and things just seem off, there are places to turn. You can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline and say, I don't know if I'm overreacting. I don't know if I'm seeing this wrong, but I think I'm being emotionally abused and they will help you. And I am going to include a link to their website in our notes and the National Domestic Violence Hotline, which is 1-800-799-7233. If you even suspect any amount of emotional abuse, and I want to be clear, emotional abuse are attempts to scare you, to isolate you, to control you. These are abusive behaviors, and they aren't disagreements. This is beyond disagreement. You can disagree, and you don't have to abuse somebody. If you are scared every time you disagree, 
if you are being isolated, if this person is trying to control you, they are abusing you. And I want, I want everybody to take this seriously. There's, again, National Domestic Violence Hotline. There is Alianza, which is the National Latino Alliance for the Elimination of Domestic Violence. Enditnow.org. There are so many organizations. So, I'm going to move on because I could talk about this for days. But just know that if any of those issues come up, that it's no longer a disagreement. They are emotionally abusing you, and it is very real abuse. Take it seriously. And it's okay to stick up for yourself. Yes, 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 yes. And now we're going to switch into a more positive vibe <laughs> because that's serious. It's I cannot stress enough how seriously emotional abuse is. Everybody, when we talk about abuse, will immediately think of physical violence, and it's not just physical, it's emotional. And part of emotional abuse can even include controlling your money, and just know that if you suspect it, reach out. So, let's talk about being able to disagree and maintain that loving relationship after all we are now slightly (laughs) over an hour, and I still have like seven points to make. (laughs) So, I will try and be brief, folks. I know over an hour is really stretching it. But there are key skills to use. Active listening. I am a massive proponent of active listening. And active listening means you aren't just listening to what the person is saying, or you aren't just hearing, you aren't just hearing what the person is saying, you're listening to what they mean. So... Mm -hmm. Repeat back to the person what you heard them say and clarify any points that you might not be 100% on by asking them questions. My golden example of this is Alden. (laughs) She is, and actually even as we were preparing for this, I said ask a million questions if they come up because these are big overarching things. We're not always going to have this heavy of a conversation, I promise. I don't want to be preachy, but this is an important topic because I highly suspect those of you listening are often going to disagree with us, disagree with others, and the whole purpose of us doing the podcast was we want to teach people that you can disagree and you can still be respectful in doing so. Positive, 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 positive. A disagreement doesn't have to be a negative, hateful, hurtful thing. So, no. um, this whole act of listening is important, even if you think the person gave up on rationality while they were disagreeing with you. We do not have to agree with each other to take each other's feelings seriously. Mm-hmm. Alden is my perfect example of she may not agree with me, but she is going to try and figure out why I think what I think. She's going to ask questions. She's going to say, this is what I think you're telling me. And I'm like, okay, so you really don't understand what I'm saying. Let me say it this way. (laughs) And then it also makes me realize that if Alden doesn't understand it, she's more than likely not alone. So I'm really not being clear. And it's it's helpful. 
it's helpful for me because I know that, so she might not agree with me, but she cares about what I think and why I think and my own emotions around it. And that's human. We really should be able to do that. People will really assume that they know what someone is saying, but they're mm-hmm. really fully, horribly misunderstanding a really important point that that person's trying to make. And then this leads to repeat misunderstanding and disagreement down the road. It, I see it with myself. I do it with Kenny all the time because I assume after 18 years of being together, I know this guy inside and out, and it's not true. I don't always know. We are changing creatures. We mm-hmm. develop, we refine our own thinking. So don't assume, because you know what to say about assuming. <laughs> and clarity is so important in uh, active listening. Even if you feel that you are caught in a cycle of, I keep repeating these questions, or this is such a redundant conversation, it's important because you're letting these people be heard and you're letting them know that you understand them, even if you don't agree with them. It's so important because Alden brought it up. People need a voice. People need to feel heard even if you don't agree with them, because that means you're actually respecting them as a human being, and Mm -hmm. we all need it. Have you ever witnessed a a disagreement, a combative disagreement, where the people are yelling at each other or talking very sternly, and they're actually saying the same exact thing, but they're so not listening to each other that they don't even realize it? I, those are I my favorite that. moments. As a <laughs> a future therapist and someone that's worked in mental health, those mm-hmm. are my my it's my dream moment of because <laughs> immediately I'm like, oh, I want to take this and turn this into a teaching thing because right. I it's it's hilariously stupid that we as humans get so emotional that we will fight with each other even though we are absolutely saying the same thing mm-hmm. because we can't stop 10 <laughs> seconds and be like oh so that's what you're saying we, yeah. we hear what we want to hear or we assume what we want to assume that person is saying mm-hmm. and immediately go off and in reality <laughs> they're saying the same thing just mm-hmm. slightly different ways of saying it and all of a sudden, war has broken out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have witnessed that myself a time or two. Oh, it's amazing. And it, it really it leads perfectly into my second uh, way of maintaining these loving relationships while disagreeing. Be honest. Mm-hmm. If you don't understand what someone is saying and you you don't ask them to explain it, you're you're setting yourself up for a problem because pretending that you understand something when you don't is going to lead to you really not understanding the point of the disagreement and you two like Alden just said you two could be on the same page and you think you're not <laughs> right. and then I sit there and laugh at you and make you 
a a teaching tool for the future. <laughs> don't be a tool. Don't be a tool. Exactly. <laughs> uh, don't apologize if you can't do it honestly. It's insulting to apologize to somebody if you're mm-hmm. not being honest about it. And you can make that person feel as if you're dismissing them or even in far worse manipulating them to your point of view and as i said earlier that's bordering on and getting into an abusive relationship so focus on the goals of closeness and understanding don't try to be the good guy in the relationship it's that's a mistake like i said earlier there are not always winners in a disagreement There can be two good points, two bad points, and you just don't realize it. And most importantly, it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be upset and show it. You just have to learn to be respectful and to not stoop to the personal attacks. If you can remain respectful, it is a healthy thing to let somebody know that you're angry about something, you're upset about something. It's important. You have to be heard. Your emotions are valid. It's it's an allowable thing. But if you can't do it respectfully, it's it's going to turn a disagreement into a disrespectful disaster. Mm-hmm. And then you only have two losers. Exactly. And nobody wants that. No. People need to know that, especially when disagreements arise, that you can set a limit, that it will be disrespected. Disrespected. Wow. (laughs) That it will be respected if a disagreement starts to get out of hand. And this is Kenny and I literally have like a tap out. If something's starting to escalate, Mm -hmm. both of us we won't say anything we sort of will okay that we're not doing this and that's our our red flare that we're gonna walk away from this Mm -hmm. we'll come back to it when we can be rational and it's it gives a sense of safety to that other person and in your relationship and that sense of safety is really important because a healthy disagreement can't occur if you don't feel safe agreed and it's it's so important to be able to recognize when an argument is too heated as well and if you have a healthy relationship and you have boundaries set you can recognize when it's starting to escalate doesn't mean you're always going to (laughs) but you can (laughs) well let me ask you this sure because in the example that I was giving with my family member, absolutely. at one point, because this was over the phone, um, voice to voice, and at one point, I realized she and I were not getting anywhere. Right. So I said, you know what? Let's hang up. Uh, we shouldn't be doing this right now. I was trying to be the bigger person. I knew that I was losing my grip. Yep. Um, and 20 some odd minutes later, we were still on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I lost it. Yep. <laughs> um, like I said, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I, I, I did wrong. Right. But if that white flag, so to speak, 
um, is thrown and not respected, what is your advice on how to get out of that that situation? I mean, I could have hung up the phone and just been like, but that would not have right. have solved anything. It's so there's there's a couple things floating in my head on this one. There is an issue that she wasn't listening. Mm-hmm. She she couldn't so she could hear you talking, but she wasn't listening to what your words were saying. Oh, not at all. And there's a there's a pattern in this that I don't know if the topic or what it was, but this brought something out. So one of the issues I've I have a friend who uh, her and I can do this perfectly. It's it's amazing. I don't know how we've stayed friends, <laughs> <laughs> but we we escalate quickly. And for years, like I would be like, we need to stop. Like we're not getting anywhere with this, and it would just get ignored. And finally, mm-hmm. one day, I hung up the phone on her, and it sent her into outer space. I don't think I've ever seen or heard anybody so mad. And (laughs) at the time I was like, I, you, you literally left me with no option. We were going to explode. Mm -hmm. And she's like, that was so rude. I said, but let's back up a second. You weren't willing to hear me say that I knew we were heading in this direction and I, we didn't need to do this again. So you can't always, I would have rather, and it's, it's a horrible thing to say, but sometimes throwing a wrench into the system is the best way to fix it. Gotcha. So you're disrupting that pattern. Whatever <laughs> set her into that inability to listen to you, uh-huh. She, no matter what you did, no matter what you said, she wasn't going to hear it. She didn't want to hear it. Right. So politeness, yeah, it's 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 rude. Would it have upset her? Definitely would have upset oh, her. <laughs> but it would have probably also awoken a an introspection, even if she couldn't admit it, that she uh-huh. would have been like, what what did I do to make her just hang up on me? Because anybody that knows Alden knows that is not characteristic <laughs> of Alden. <laughs> Alden doesn't do things purposefully to upset <laughs> anybody. Like conflict free is like Alden's <laughs> motto. <laughs> yeah. So that literally would have been a giant wrench that I, there's no doubt she would have absolutely lost it. I, I have no doubt. No doubt whatsoever she would have flown off the handle. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I think it would have also given her a self-reflective moment that she upset you so much that you stepped out of your own character and mm-hmm. and stopped something. Right. It may not have felt right, but it could have possibly avoided this really uncomfortable and uneasy relationship that you two are 
kind of now bumping into and having to deal with and it's it's not always easy like there's no secret word you can use to make her stop and listen like there's it's a conscious sort of choice that probably came up unconsciously that she she couldn't listen to you and then she chose to stay in that she chose Mm -hmm. to hold on to that anger she chose to hold on to that disagreement and just run, run wild. <laughs> I've done it, done it before, <laughs> and it's it's really one of the things where the only thing that's going to wake you up is the unexpected. Right. Okay. And one of my friends, um, younger friend, is fantastic when I get upset or we get into a disagreement and I'm starting to get emotional, she will hug me because you don't expect it. Right. And she knows I'm a hugger. I am 100% a hugger. So when I get into that sort of I can't hear you mode, she will hug Mm -hmm. me, and I'm like, oh, right, (laughs) I do still like you. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And being able to step back is important because – that timeout can give both of you time to, even if it's done in a not great way, you can come back to this. But if you can mutually agree that it's time to stop and you will come back to this and it's important to come back to it and it can even help you build a better relationship. But if in that moment you can be like, I'm going to give you an hour we're going to come down. We're going to come back to this because you're letting them know that this is important, but this mm-hmm. doesn't have to be emotional and that their concerns are valid. Their view is valid. And you're not just sweeping this whole thing under the rug. You want them to be heard mm-hmm. that you've said an hour later, or if that's not realistic tomorrow, when mm-hmm. I get home from work, you and I will sit down and have this conversation. Or Mm -hmm. when I see you next Saturday for our nightly walk in the park, we'll talk about this (laughs) because it'll be in public and I know you won't stab me. So (laughs) 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 yeah, seriously. Um, But it's, it's important that some people have been dismissed and this can be what you think is a a good moment of let's calm down and come back to this can also feel like you're being dismissive to them and that's just going to set them off. So know that if you give a specific and, and help them see again, your family member wouldn't have heard it and she wouldn't have cared. Like in that moment, she wasn't ready for it and it happens. So you you cut it off, you break it off, and you, I mean, sometimes it takes weeks. If it's a really bad situation, it can be weeks before you two can rationally reapproach it. Mm -hmm. But you want them to know, I still actually care. You just really, really upset me. Right. And it's valid, it's real, and you want them to be heard. And it's it's only fair that they're heard and you're heard. Right. Effective communication. This is a big one. And this is an easy <laughs> one to get through. 
everybody, <laughs> couples, friends, repeat different versions of the same disagreement. It, I've seen it. I've done it. I've lived it. If you notice you're going down that same road that led you to the middle of nowhere the last time and you just exploded, tactfully point out rather than here we go again, which I am <laughs> fantastic at doing. If you can tactfully say we're doing the same thing again, we're disagreeing over the same subject all over again you could actually back up and be productive in this disagreement and learn how to effectively communicate about something that you haven't been able to effectively communicate about in the past. And once you get it right one time, you can avoid that issue in the future. Is it easy? No. I would more often than not, when I'm upset, rather go, here we go again. It's so much easier to deal with. I have family members that do this, and when they do it, I I laugh because I'm like, that is so not an effective way to break this cycle. You are trying, you're trying to break the cycle, but you're doing it sarcastically. I live, eat, and breathe sarcasm. It doesn't always work, folks. Sometimes you have to effectively say, okay, Alden, we are going to rehash the same issue we're not communicating well how do we do this and still communicate and still come out the other side friends uh -huh. sometimes i can't right now is a perfectly valid answer i need to right. calm down right. i'm upset you hurt my feelings we can't talk about this at this moment uh -huh. often hearing that feels like they're dismissing you discuss it then when can we come back to this because we have to fix this so this doesn't come back it's sometimes the most awkward five minutes that feels like five years of your life to have that conversation when you're upset but from experience and from kenny and i doing this it works like 18 years of us being together and disagreeing on so much it works to be able to say I, I need to come back to this. We have to fix this. We have to be able to communicate about this. But right now, not happening. I mm -hmm. I don't even want to look at you at this moment. So we'll come back to it. And then the, the big one is reassure each other. Um, even if you can't resolve the disagreement in the moment, it's important that the other person knows you still care. Of course. Sometimes that disagreement can take a while to actually come to a conclusion. Mm -hmm. You might not be able to say, I love you when you're hurt and angry or upset, or it may even be a friend. I have friends that don't use the phrase, I love you with friends, whatever their reasoning, it doesn't matter. So, I have friends who would rather you hug them to reassure them that everything's okay. I have friends who would rather not be touched, period, <laughs> and would rather you be like, you know what? We're cool. It's all right. We'll fix this. When you can do these things, you are reassuring somebody that could feel really anxious and 
alone. Disagreements for a lot of people, I am one of them. A disagreement that gets really emotional mm-hmm. can bring up anxiety and all mm-hmm. of a sudden you're reliving things that you're like, why am I, why do I feel like I'm in high school again? What's going on? Right, right. And to have the person you disagree with remind you that they still care, whole different world. You have Absolutely. to respect that person's boundaries. Boundaries! Boundaries, you. <laughs> and boundaries, you. <laughs> I read a thing from a social worker for school a while ago. And uh, she said that by still openly giving yourself to the relationship, <clears throat> excuse me, even during a rocky period, it allows both partners to recognize the conflict. doesn't have to mean it's the end. You want to emphasize strengthening the relationship, building, fixing this disagreement, rather than making the other person bend to your will. If you can remind them that you care, whether it's a friend, a family member, whatever, even though that disagreement is so deep or so emotional, you could have just saved that relationship. There are many moments where I sit and I'm like, had I done that? I probably would still have that friend, but I didn't because I let my emotions take over. And after that disagreement, it was over and I haven't talked to them in years and it should never end that way. It can be avoided. And the sixth out of seven is (laughs) patience. Y'all, this is so important. It takes time to work through disagreement sometimes And some of these issues are big and love in a friendship, love in your family, love with your significant other is so much more important than that disagreement. So it's probably, possibly, not always likely a big issue in your eyes, but it can and very well might have to take time. We bring baggage to our relationships, Mm -hmm. every single one of us. Bad relationships in the past will haunt your friendships today. It it is Mm -hmm. just how our brains function. Luckily, I've learned Alden's personality fairly well, so when something gets said and I react, I'm like, that was not what she was saying. That's your interpretation (laughs) of what she said. So calm down, Beyonce because everything's going to be okay. <laughs> and it's, it's true. Like, I'll you. <laughs> it's, it's really true. And it's helpful to remember that over time, the intensity of... Uh, we are perfect examples of this. I, full-on admission, was so nervous around Alden for the first year of a friendship because, to me, Alden was the golden child she was (laughs) so pleasant so positive so freaking naive at times (laughs) that i didn't want to be the one to like darken her doorstep with some of the things i was like girl you're so gonna learn this the hard way but i'm not gonna be the one to teach you this you need to figure this out yourself (laughs) and over time I learned that that was a horrible approach because at some point in time, whatever I avoided, Alden's going to bring right back up and be like, 
So, let's figure this one out. And I'm like, crap. <laughs> Two years ago, I tried to brush that one under the rug, and here it is. It got bigger and dustier, and she's like, let's talk about this. We're so, not even going to talk about when. Uh-oh. When. <laughs> You were told that I had a huge crush on you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Me not realizing that Lance was, in fact, a gay man. That was hysteric. It, oh, you know, that was mortifying. I have to tell you, I don't think we would have the relationship we have if these things didn't occur in the way that they occurred. I agree. <laughs> I, like, it's ridiculous it's funny but we seriously we this baggage that that both of us brought to this relationship like Alden had no understanding of what it meant to have a gay friend I don't know how to this day you could not see the the radically um I was basically flying my pride flag without actually carrying one. Like I've never been shy about who <laughs> I am with certain things and being gay and living in Georgia, you would think I would have had a different attitude. And I really so didn't. And that was probably naive on my own part. But... Well, also understand that I was 13 in a Christian school. So <laughs> probably half those guys that I went to school with were in the closet. You were so, so... Right. <laughs> In my world, you were just a guy. Oh, true. Very true. <laughs> I actually, I'm crying. I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> so, really, patience. I mean, like, we are, we are the ultimate examples of it, having patience with a person and um, letting things slowly resolve. We've had some weird moments in our life together, but <laughs> by letting these things organically occur and not forcing things i think we have a pretty amazing friendship and seriously alden's like a sister to me more than just a friend so we are living proof that these things work it just takes time and you're gonna screw up i still do i'm even studying to be a therapist and i still <laughs> make mistakes and my seventh and final thing is Therapy or counseling, whatever you want to call it, sometimes it's needed to be able to. So I grew up in the 90s, good Lord, and uh, <laughs> I came out my junior year of high school. I graduated high school in 1996, <sighs> and I came out my junior year of high school to everybody but my family. And... <laughs> I still, I went to a high school of like 500 students. I don't know how this didn't get back to my parents. I have no idea. I, I to this day, I've asked my parents multiple times if they knew. And they're like, well, you know, we had hints, but like if you weren't the going to talk to them. Of your, of your freshman year couldn't have given them any clue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I saw old pictures of plants. Picture. Yes, please do. <laughs> And he was rainbow dressed head to toe. Uh, <laughs> I I don't I mean even as a little kid, like there were so many things that I think back to now, and I'm like, how 
How did you not know? How could you look <laughs> me in the face and say, we had no idea you were gay? Like, come on. Like, uh, this rainbow flag has been flying for a long time, even before I knew what the rainbow flag meant. Like, there is just no way. But in coming out so early and in the 90s, I threw myself into some really crappy situations and kind of got betrayed by very good friends who turned out not to be very good friends because they couldn't handle me being gay. Um, Just a whole lot of stuff. And until a couple, well, last year, two years ago, two years ago, maybe, I never realized how much of that stuff still haunted me. Mm. And... Finally, I was like, okay, so maybe maybe counseling's a good idea. And I'm glad I did it because I now know and can recognize some of these past issues when they creep in. But I worked on a lot of stuff and really in a really intense sort of way with my therapist. And I owe him so much. I, if I had not worked with this man, I, I believe I would have been self destructing in a lot of my friendships and I give Alden a ton of credit for (laughs) hanging in there because I am notorious for pushing people when I so my MO when I move is to freak out about moving and then (laughs) I push everybody away I only lived in the Atlanta area for a year and Alden, to this day, is the only only person I remain in contact with. I don't even talk to my family that I lived with. There. My stalking skills are strong. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get rid of me. But it's it's also like I was actually able to reflect with my therapist on like how I maintained this relationship yet, like pushed every everybody like i lived with my aunt and uncle and my two cousins and totally don't talk to anybody like it's it's ridiculous but it's it's ow stupid headset it's how i have functioned so i worked on these things in counseling and therapy and holy cow did it make a difference like moving here i lashed out a little bit and kind of avoided but I was able to go back and actually repair those relationships and be like, so that was not how I should have handled that. <laughs> and it it works. So if you notice that you're constantly getting stuck in these things, take it seriously. There's really something to be said about counseling and therapy and working on relationships. So, yeah, that's the final piece, folks. I will have a million links up in the notes, and I seriously just talked for almost the whole time. So, (laughs) (laughs) thanks for bearing with me, Alden. Hey, it was fun. And you added some perfect pieces that I did not (laughs) think of, so thank you. Anytime. I thank everybody for listening. I thank everybody for giving us a chance. Check us out on iTunes, on Stitcher. On Facebook, on SoundCloud, we are everywhere. Thank you for joining us on Two Piece in a Pod. The theme song is Make Your Dream a Reality by Scott Holmes. 
and is provided by the freemusicarchive.org. Thank you for listening, and please remember to rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, and or SoundCloud in order to help us gain more exposure. Also remember to have a blessed week.